Hello, and welcome to the Jill Cruz podcast. This is Jill Cruz. Today, I spoke with just an exquisite woman, and her name is Betty Vargas. And Betty is a personal trainer, and she's a health coach, and she is a dynamic, fabulous woman. I am so excited for you to listen to this episode with Betty. We talked about menopause. And did you know that there are different stages to menopause? That it's not just one day you're, you know, having your period and the next day you're not. Like there are stages and it really starts, you know, it's throughout our lives. So learning about those stages is important. We're going to talk about that in the episode, but we also talk about what's the mindset around this, right? How do we approach menopause in a way that feels good, that helps us feel good? And one of the biggest things that uh, Betty talks about is denial. So, so many times we are in denial that we are starting that perimenopause journey, or maybe we're in denial that we're postmenopausal, but when we're still having symptoms, why is that, right? So really starting with recognizing what's going on, paying attention to your body and giving your body that attention. She says, you know, to start to move away from things that desensitize us to ourselves, you know, start to reconnect with ourselves and pay attention to our bodies. So that and oh, so much more. So we talked about mindset, movement, and meals. Those are Betty's three kind of way areas where she approaches going through menopause in, in a much more comfortable, easy way. And her website is Crazy Sexy Menopause. So woo, you're going to hear some awesome stuff today. Hello, Betty. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, sure. So we're going to talk about this big, juicy topic, which uh, most people would just call menopause. And you were telling me that there are, you know, it's not just menopause. It's there's actually a spectrum and, and people go through phases. And so let's start off by if you could tell us more about what are what is menopause <laughs> and what are the phases? Menopause is actually I coin it as being a reawakening. It is a spectrum. It's the change of a woman's life from childbearing to not childbearing. And so it is not the end of her life. It is the beginning of of a new transition, a new awakening in her experience. And so I like to say that menopause is a spectrum that encompasses premenopause or premature menopause, and that occurs at an age earlier than the average age of 45 to 55 years of age. Then there's premenopause, which is the time before menopause begins. And that's when a woman is in her 20s, it's pre-puberty, and she's living her life as regular uh, menstrual cycles and is having a good time in this experience. Then there's perimenopause. And perimenopause is the transition between premenopause and postmenopause. And this is the time when women are, they may begin to see their menstrual cycle change. They may begin to experience mood swings or a change in their body. And, you know, all of those, the night sweats, the hot flashes. So it's, it's during this particular time when all of these things occur. 
then there's postmenopause. And that is the period of time when you have gone without a period for a, a full year. And that's that means a full 365 days. So if you have gone 11 months without a menstrual cycle, and then at the 12th month, you have a menstrual cycle, that means that you have to go through the entire process all over again. You are no, you're not postmenopausal until you hit 365 days a full year without a period. Okay. Then we have natural menopause, which is the process of transitioning non-surgically from the reproductive to the non-reproductive phase of your life. Mm-hmm. And then there's surgical menopause, which is where menopause, you go through the menopausal cycle through surgical, through surgery, a medical procedure or an x-ray therapy that disrupts or destroys the blood flow to the ovaries or the ovaries are removed entirely. And so those are the different phases of menopause. And so it is a spectrum that uh, women need to be aware of and uh, so that you know what phase of menopause you're in. And Mm -hmm. that I also like to share with women that it's extremely important to maintain a journal of your menstrual cycles so Mm -hmm. that you can know exactly what's happening. And when you go to your doctor, you can be empowered to say, well, my menstrual cycle started uh, lightening or I started having heavier menstrual cycles during this time or my menstrual cycle stopped at this point in time. And now I know that I've been 365 days because a lot of women who don't keep track have to kind of guess. And um, menopause is not something that's going to announce itself. It's just going to ease up on you and say, well, there I am. And uh-huh. and you're in it. You're full blown in it. I have a question. So what would you call it when somebody has been taking medications. So I know like a, it's very common now people who've had breast cancer, you know, hormonal based cancers will, you know, take these different medications. And a lot of times it just throws them into menopause. Is that, would that go under the same, that second category of surgical or is it yes. something else? Yes, yes. And it, it will throw you into menopause and you have to take some kind of hormone replacement therapy to make those adjustments. So it's kind of like, I liken it to be if a person has had like a thyroid removed, then you have to take thyroid medication for the rest of your life in order for that medication to mimic what the thyroid would do. And so that's the same Basically, that's the same as what um, hormone replacement therapy would do with the progesterone, with the progestin and estrogen therapies. So Mm -hmm. that would, that would, um, those therapies would mimic what the natural estrogen would do, natural estrogen and progesterone. Okay. So 
What is your background around this? Like, why are you so passionate about talking about this? <laughs> if, <laughs> if you don't mind telling us. <laughs> no, I, I don't mind at all. Well, my, let me backtrack and say that my mother died when I was in my 11th year. And so I did not have a mom to to go through those milestones that a woman would go through in her life. Actually, she she died the only thing that I remember of her was showing me how to use a, a sanitary napkin, as they were called back then. And, <laughs> right. um, and so she died shortly after that. And so that was the only milestone that I had in my life. And when my daughters were, um, I have four children. Mm-hmm. I have two daughters and twin sons. Mm-hmm. My twins are my middle children. And so when my my oldest daughter was 10, going on 11, I looked at her and I thought to myself, my gosh, yeah. I was so young when my mom died. Yeah. And, and so now I look at, at what I had to go through alone or depending upon books to to get this information or women in the women in my life or mentors in my life to share their knowledge and what they had gone through because I just didn't have a reference. And so when I started going through noticing my transition, uh, I've, I started thinking, okay, if I'm going through this and I don't know, then there must be other women who are having the same experience. Not only are there other women who are having the experience, but I want to leave something and have the conversation for my daughters as well. So now we talk about um, we talk about everything. As a matter of fact, I talk so much that they're like, okay, TMI, too much. <laughs> <laughs> too much information. <laughs> I can relate. I have I have a 17-year-old and a 21-year-old girl, so uh, yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. You know. <laughs> and, and so my it's more profound now because my daughters actually are 41 and 37. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's important for them. And now my questions are, are you having any, you know, are you still having regular periods? What's going on? <laughs> so it's not like I'm trying to be in their, be in their business or anything like that. I'm, I'm just like, be aware. Look, yeah. it's coming. It, it's yeah. coming. And, you know, start doing, getting your diet under control, you know, exercising, just doing whatever you can do to make that transition a smooth one. Yeah. So you are a health coach, correct? I am. Yes. Yeah. So And a personal trainer. Oh, wow. Okay, great. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Okay. I have somebody I would love to connect you with, but that's after, we'll talk about that after if we can. But what do you think? That's a big question, right? Because mm-hmm. somebody might be thinking, or maybe your daughters are thinking at 37, at 41, like, why is this important? You know, why, why do I need to know the phases and why do I need to start paying attention to my diet? I mean, isn't it just a natural thing that women go through? And I think a lot of women who are listening who are in their 50s and 60s might think, Oh no. <laughs> oh no. It can be it can be really a bumpy ride. Now my very strongly held conviction is that most women can mm-hmm. actually sail through this period relatively unscathed. You know, there may it's I'm not saying it's going to be completely a walk in the park necessarily for everybody, but most of us 
we can minimize these potential symptoms and all of that. So what is your advice? Like if you have one big thing and then maybe a couple of other smaller tips and stuff that you can give us around why it's important, but also what we can do. First of all, I think that it depends on, well, it doesn't depend on, it is researched now that uh, certain cultures experience menopause differently. Mm-hmm. And so uh, where Caucasian women may s- breeze through some of the um, symptoms of menopause, other cultures, not so much, and as well as um, Asians, because I, it's my knowledge that Asian women don't even have a word for menopause. Right. However, what I'm I'm noticing that the more em- embraced that they are in Western culture, the more they're beginning to experience the symptoms of menopause. Sure. Now, there are people of color experience menopause completely different. They may uh, present further in advance than other cultures. They may, the um, symptoms may last way longer than other cultures. I have spoken to women who are in their 70s and some um, almost in their 80s that are still experiencing the hot flashes and the night sweats and, and all of, you know, the mood swings and all of these things. And so my advice for women is to Know your body. Hmm. Our bodies speak to us. And we have gotten to the point where we have desensitized ourselves from our bodies and soothed ourselves through medication, through, you know, other substances and so and preservatives in that are in foods that mask symptoms. And so there's there are lots of things that I like to share that I want women to, I would love for women to just to ease away from some of those, the things that desensitize us and become as natural as possible so that you can hear your body when it speaks to you. If our, if we're eating something that is foreign to our bodies, our bodies are going to react and if we are thinking, oh, it's just, you know, it's just some indigestion or whatever, that is something to think about. It is something that your body is rejecting. And as we age, when our bodies speak to us, it gets louder and louder. So if you are looking, if you're eating for bread, for instance, and you notice that after you consume some bread, you get bloated. Okay, well, you can't do that anymore. I was, when I was younger, I could eat whatever I wanted to and not gain a pound. I can't do that anymore. So it's a, it's, it's important to know your body, listen to it when it's speaking to you and act accordingly. I liken the menopause phase as it's it's almost like the stages of grief. And the first mm. stage of grief is denial. Mm. And so we, you know, if we're in denial about what's happening to us, that is what makes our experience completely different. And it makes our experience a lot more challenging than it, than it needs to be. 
Okay, that's fantastic. I love I love the analogy of of, of stages of grief and, and really how that denial the messages are coming from the body, mm-hmm. but we're we're denying that and rejecting that and saying, oh no, no, let me just drink some wine or let me, you know, smoke some weed or yes. you know, let me just eat my way to feel gummy. Better. <laughs> <laughs> Papa gummy, right? You're in California, so it, yeah, right. It, in New York, we have that now too. But it, we're we're more freshly um, allowed, you know, legally allowed to do those things. But um, yeah, and and not to say there that there's, I don't think either you or I are here to judge people for doing that. I personally right. like to have some drinks sometimes and Papa gummy exactly. sometimes, but it's more of um, a pleasure, you know, with my friends, social thing, as opposed to like the daily wine, like every night I have to come home and I have to have a glass of wine or else mm-hmm. I can't sleep or something. And actually I have, as a, as a practitioner recommended to people that I would rather have them get like a high quality CBD or go to like a, a medical marijuana place, yes. get a little tincture or something that you can put under your tongue because it's not it's not, you know, alcohol is toxic. It really is. And again, I like me some, some rum, you know, sometimes, but (laughs) it's, it is toxic and it's not certainly not going to help with alleviating menopausal symptoms in the long run. It it actually makes them worse. Right. Yes. And I've Mm -hmm. had a lot of women say that for Mm -hmm. sure. So know your body. Yes. And rather than denying it, you know, face reality, right? Face reality. And and that doesn't always have to be hard. There are people like you and me and other practitioners who, who can help. There are medical doctors who can, who, you know, there's a couple of them, maybe five or six in the United States. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm just joking, but there are some doctors or nurse practitioners out there. Actually, I had one on my uh, podcast last week and she and I actually collaborate because she, she knows she will do lab work. She will listen to women. Yes. Need more doctors like that who are going to give. And I believe that, uh, you know, I had another medical doctor a couple of weeks ago who said bioidentical hormones. Like if you're going to use the hormones, do the bioidentical ones. And so go back and listen to that episode. Anybody who's who, if you're not sure, neither you nor I as a medical doctor, so we can't necessarily prescribe that. Exactly. But the idea is don't let it fester. Like you can, there's so many things you can do, whether it's Physical activity is huge, right? Yes, Diet, absolutely. Stress management again is huge because if when we're stressed, then it compromises the production of our sex hormones. In our yes, but I wanted to just get back to where you were talking about women of color, and I'm assuming now this I could be totally wrong. Is this a universal feature, or you know, uh, like, or is it more of like women of color in America who live under a lot of stress? I'm I'm just wondering if it's, you know, more of a cultural stress induced kind of, you know, historical trauma kind of induced thing, or is it just, uh, maybe you don't have the answer to that, but that was something that I was wondering. I think a lot of it is environmental. Mm-hmm. However, there, because there are not many studies that have been done on African-American women, um, we've been left out of the conversation, African-American yeah. women specifically, yeah. we've been left out of the conversation. And so in terms of studies, the SWAN study is the the most comprehensive to date. Uh, and that is not very comprehensive. 
And so it's a, uh, I'm looking at it from my experience, from the experiences that I've talked with other women who are in my age group. And I'm 68, by the way, I'll be 69 this year. Obviously, 69 comes before 68. (laughs) But anyway... (laughs) <laughs> um, <laughs> well, it could be next year. You could have had your birthday in December and becoming that's 69 true, next true. December. But uh, yeah, because I'm wondering, like Brazil, my mom is in Brazil right now. She spends mm-hmm. seven, she's in seven, eight weeks in Brazil because her husband is Brazilian. And mm-hmm. there's an area called Salvador that she goes to, which is a very spiritual, you know how in the United States we talk about how Arizona has these like this vibe, this energy that comes from the right. earth and all of that. Well, this place in Salvador has a similar thing, at least for my mom. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, the, most of the population of people who live there are are African in origin. They're, mm-hmm. they're Black Brazilian people. And yes. there's an incredible culture there. I mean, I've never been, but the stories that my mom tells me, it's unbelievable. And she says, you know, you walk through the streets and everybody's smiling and they may not be, they may be rich, they may be poor, they may be selling beautiful works of art on the street. You know, they're not necessarily millionaires or anything, but, but they're smiling and they're happy and they hug you. And so I, to me, this seems like, you know, maybe someone should go to Salvador and study those people because stress is killing us. And and we have all different types of stress coming at us here in the United States that I think in some other cultures, people just live their lives differently. I'm getting goosebumps because I want to go to Salvador. <laughs> I know, I know. I have a friend that just moved to uh, Bahia. And so oh. I'm thinking, maybe I'll give her a visit. <laughs> Definitely. Oh, my God. I keep bugging my mom. I'm like, well, when are you taking me with you? Because yeah. she goes, she's there right now, you know. Uh, but anyway, I bring that up uh, for many reasons. But one, like we can't assume that that's the case for all black women in the world. Right. Exactly. Or maybe, you know, Hispanic women may have a different story as well. And to your point, the research is not being done and it needs to be done. Mm-hmm. It needs to be done. And there's I had months ago, I had guests on the podcast who were talking about how let alone different, you know, racial ancestral backgrounds a lot of the research that's been done on t- all, most of the medications are out there. They weren't even done on women. Right. They were exactly. done on men. Exactly. Exactly. So, <laughs> when like- I, I was when I was working on my master's, I, um, at, I in um, sports medicine, uh-huh. I was looking for you know they would uh, at the university they would post. Uh, studies for you know whatever, and I I because I was older, I was always looking for a study to participate in, and mm-hmm. the majority of them were for young men in their twenties. Yeah. And I'm thinking, uh, excuse me, what yeah. what's the deal? Yeah. You know, not only for women, but for eld- older women as well. And I'm thinking, okay, there's a disconnect here, and we're not the same, and we should have noticed that when when women were presenting differently with symptoms for a heart attack. So right. it's it's like, um, yeah. what's going on here? You know, let's let's yeah. change this and start getting some studies, women in these studies. So yeah, and and also I think it really another reason I wanted to bring that up was I wanted to highlight the aspect of stress. 
and like you said, the environment. Yes. And that's going to affect our physiology or our biochemistry and, you know, high stress, chronic stress, feeling like you're living in a hostile environment. It's stressful, right? It's going to affect your your heart, your soul, your mind, your body. It's all going to affect you. So I think it's it's really important for us to highlight that in this process of going through menopause, no matter what your background is, but recognizing that stress plays a huge role. And I, since since we have you, I would love, I know we have to wrap up soon. Mm-hmm. I would love to hear from the physical fitness perspective. Do you have any tips around, let's say, because most of our listeners will be women in their 40s and 50s and 60s. So what is a 45 or 50-year-old woman who's in perimenopause, do you have any recommendations around physical activity to, to kind of aid, you know, the process? <laughs> so my focus at Crazy Sexy Menopause is really around a triad of mindset, meals, and movement. I feel that these three areas encompass everything that a woman needs to focus on with regard to her life Mm. and especially going through menopause. So the first is mindset in terms of getting clear about the fact that this is just, this is a natural transition. It is not about you losing your life or it is moving into the last third of your life, but it is It's definitely a reawakening Mm -hmm. and an opportunity for you to move forward with ease and grace. It is Mm -hmm. not the end of your life. It is just the end of your childbearing years. That is the most important thing that I want to express with regard to mindset. Meals is totally about what you put in your body. And we just discussed that in terms of listening to your body and focusing on incorporating foods that are going to benefit you through this life cycle and help you and not hinder you in the process. And then physical activity. Yes, there are studies that say that HIIT and weight-bearing exercises are wonderful for your bones and your muscles and your joints and all of that. It, it Yes, it is absolutely the best thing that you can do. Mm-hmm. But in terms of movement, that is just it. Move. Mm-hmm. Physical activity does not have to mean, quote unquote, working out in the gym. Mm-hmm. You can learn something new. Walk. I am a champion race walker and that is my that is my cardio of choice. Weight nice. walking is a is a weight bearing exercise. It builds the muscles. It is a cardiovascular activity that builds your heart muscle and keeps you going. It keeps you. It melts away that menopause belly that women are so intent on getting rid of. And so, physical activity helps boost your spirit. It's those positive endorphins that yeah. that. Um, move you away from the brain fog and the anxiety and all of those other symptoms of menopause that that really hinder a woman from living vibrantly. And that's what we all want to do. We all, at the end of the day, we all want to be happy. And so 
physical movement, whatever it is. If you like to swim, swim. If you like to ice skate or roller skate, do that. If you mm. like to dance, do that. Hike, whatever it is that you like, do it and do it consistently. Mm. And that is going to give you the quality of life that helps you move more vibrantly through the different transitions and the phases of menopause. I love it. I love it. I I, I, I couldn't agree more with ev- every single last little thing that you said this entire conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I, I endorse the, the comments by this uh, person. Um, so, you know, because you've heard this expression, I, I think listeners have heard this expression. It's like, what's the best diet to eat? What's the best exercise to do? The one that you're going to do, right? Yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> if, if you are like, oh my God, I have to go to the gym. You're not going to con- keep doing that. Exactly. That's not going to be you, consistent. And you're not going to benefit mentally because, right. you know, you you want to be in the mindset. And here we are back into mindset right. that this is going to be helpful for you. I don't necessarily like to exercise. And I know that as a personal trainer, that's probably a sacrilege to say. <laughs> but <laughs> but what I do like is I what I love is the way that I feel after I have gone through my exercise. I've gotten it in. I do it in the beginning of the day so that I feel good. It's it for the remainder of the day. I know when I wake up in the morning, I'm not going to feel every moment of this 68 years, you know, and that's when I stop exercising because I have experimented on myself Mm -hmm. and, you know, just to understand what women are going through when they haven't been exercising or when they have stopped or they, you know, have not, uh, don't understand what is happening with their bodies when they have pain here or there or everywhere. And so I experimented on myself. And so I understand what women are going through. I understand what the challenge it is to begin an exercise program or to do some kind of physical activity. And so I am self-motivated, but if you are not you have to do something that you love. You right. have to do something that you joy, enjoy in terms of movement. Otherwise, you're not going to do it. And if mm-hmm. you are doing something that you love, then that will be the momentum to get you to doing more. Right. And, you know, okay, let me experiment with this. Let me learn something new. And also learning something new is assisting you in terms of your mental capacity and staving off dementia and right. Alzheimer's. And so it's those types of, it's keeping you mentally sharp right. in those areas of, as well, because in, in order to learn something new, you have to be challenged your brain has to be challenged in order to become a master at what it at whatever it is that you're learning. So it's right. not only about doing crossword puzzles. It's it's you know, it's something to learn new dance steps. It's something to right. you know, it's a challenge and it's a mental challenge. So embrace it all. Embrace yeah. it all. And and physical activity, we know there's tons and tons of research around physical activity Absolutely. and reducing the risk for dementia and Alzheimer's. I mean, it's so compelling. I've yes. written blog posts about this where I'm like, 
if for nothing else, just do it for your brain, you know, yes. like so that when you're 90, you're still sharp. Exactly. So exactly. I read once in a book about brain health, about uh, ping pong is a great activity because yes. you're crossing your right and left and, you know, there's the hand to eye coordination and it's exactly. really good for your brain health. Mm-hmm. Also, I want to mention for those listening that Betty is in California and I'm in New York. So it's 6.44 a.m. for her, 9.44 for me. And she sacrificed her exercise this morning to be on here with us today. So we I'll have be, to show I'll appreciation. I'll be getting it in after this. You're still going to get it in. And the, the other thing I want, the last thought that I wanted to say is, Start your day with something that feels good, something that gives you confidence. So Betty and I, I mean, I know my morning routine is two to two and a half hours. I meditate (laughs) for an hour. I go take a long walk or I hike. I'm That's where I'm at. But if you're at a place where all you can do is take five breaths, five deep breaths, then do that. Or maybe it's, you know, you go down to the mailbox and get your mail or you walk around the block and don't put yourself down for that. Because as Betty said, and this is the truth, is that once you start doing that consistently, you're building that habit and then you can always build on it. Exactly. The little bit is enough. A little bit is enough. You know? And one other thing I want to include in this is when you open your eyes, just be in gratitude about that. Mm. Be in gratitude. Think about, think on five things that you are grateful for yes. in that moment before you step your feet on the floor. That is so profound because when you are in gratitude, you can't help but be in a positive mindset. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I I love ending (laughs) on that note. (laughs) Thank you so much, Betty. I really appreciate your time today. It's been my joy. Well, thank you so much for listening to that episode with Betty Vargas. Wasn't it awesome? Isn't she awesome? So you can reach out to Betty and connect with her. She has a YouTube channel, Crazy Sexy Menopause. And she also, you can check out her website, which is also crazysexymenopause.com and learn more about all of the awesome things that Betty has going on. Thank you so much for listening to that episode. And I invite you to also join our world, you know, on our website, on our online free community, and just hang out with a bunch of other women like Betty, like myself, like uh, so many of our listeners and our guests who are women out there wanting to live life to the fullest, taking responsibility for our health and wanting to feel better right? To feel energized, to feel crazy sexy, (laughs) you know, be able to live our passion and our purpose. So check out the website, which is winweightloss.com. That's W-Y-N weightloss.com. That W-Y-N stands for with your nature. So pursuing higher health, whether it's weight loss, whether it's perimenopause, menopause, whether it is just high performance, then pursuing that working with your nature, with your nature, with your nature, not against your nature. In particular, I am one thing that I really want to emphasize is that in living your purpose and being this dynamic, amazing woman that you are and stepping into your power, you cannot neglect your health. 
If you're neglecting your health in the name of your career or your family or some outside thing like somebody's approval or to look a certain way, that is a problem. So we are going to help you to stop doing that, right? To, to commit to putting your body first, your self-care, your self-love before everything else. I know that sounds a little scary, but once you do that, then everything else falls into place, right? Your, your, your performance is better. Your productivity is better. Your mood, the way you interact with people in your relationships is better. Your mental clarity is better. You have more energy, more vigor, more vibrancy. And so you get things done in a completely different way. You're more creative. All of that awesome juiciness, it starts with putting yourself first. So check out our website, winweightloss.com, or join our free community on Mighty Networks where you can come and hang out. We have community forums, we have free lunch and learns, and those sorts of things to support you and to hang out with other like-minded women.